Today's daf is daf Lamed Zayin, page 37 in Meseches Veya, and we are up to the two dots on the very top line of the daf. All right, let's remind ourselves what is happening over here. So, we had a Mishnah on Lamed Vav Amud Beis, a very interesting Mishnah, which tells us that um, anything that is Asr Midrabanon on Shabbos, the Mishnah ended off by saying that the same, uh, the same rabbinic prohibitions would apply to Yom Tif as well, with the exception of Eichel Nefesh, okay? with the exception of uh, things that are needed to eat L'Kavad Yom Tif. But outside of eating, food preparation, anything the rabbi said are Asr on Shabbos, are also going to be Asr on Yom Tif. And the Mishnah gave us a list of various activities. Some of them seem to be mitzvos. Some of them are, you know, we'll call them quasi-mitzvos. And some are just choices. Where in all these situations, the Rabbanim say that you should refrain from these categories of activities. And one of the things mentioned in the Mishnah of something that is not allowed to be done on Shabbos, and thereby also not allowed to be done on Yom Tif, is when a man dies without any children, his brothers are have a mitzvah to do either Yibam or Chalitza on that widow. You should not do Yibam or Chalitza on Shabbos or Yom Tif. We ended off yesterday's daf describing you're not, you shouldn't be at a wedding either, right? Now let it get married on Shabbos or Yom Tif. We're saying here, Yibam and Chalitza also should not be done on Shabbos and Yom Tif. Okay. Says the Gemara. Here we go. Vaham mitzvah ka'avid. Second line on the daf, let's get going. I, over here, it's a mitzvah. Now the Gemara is not asking, so you should be allowed to do it. But the Gemara is saying, why is this listed in the part of the Mishnah that it's just an option, like it's a Rishus? The rabbi said, don't do it, and it's listed as the Rish. Ask the Gemara, what do you mean? Why don't we list this on the list of mitzvah items that should not be done on Shabbos? Yibam and Chalitza is a mitzvah. It says, Gemara, Leitzricha dika gadol, u mitzvah bagodol Here's the deal. Usually, who does Chalitza? Or Yibam? The eldest brother. The oldest one, we had an interesting shayla in our family when my brother, Zolzangezunt, one of my brothers was in need of a kidney transplant. So there was a homachoikas amongst the older brothers. Which one is going to be Zaycha to donate the kidney? And, uh, you know, Kananahara, I'm the youngest of 13. So there was a number of siblings that, um, that wanted to donate their kidney to my brother. And there was a shtikol machoikas in the family. Who's going to be zeicha? So my parents, they called Rabbi Hopfer in Baltimore to paskin who's, who gets to be zeicha. And he paskin that it takes on Hilchas Yibam, the laws of Yibam, and you start from the oldest. The, the oldest has the first rights to be able to donate the kidney. The same way the oldest brother has the first rights to either do Yibam and Chalitza on the, on the wife. But be it as it may, 
The Gemara's question was, is an obligation? Says the Gemara, no, we're dealing in the Mishnah where it was one of the younger brothers that, that were saying, is not allowed to do Yibam or Chalitza. Because really, there's no obligation on the younger brother to do anything. The obligation first starts with the older brother. So why is the younger brother, what's he doing over here? We're talking... We're talking to the younger brother, and that is not considered a mandatory thing. It's not considered something that he's obligated in because there is an older brother. Says the Gemara of Akulu Taimamai. What taka is the reason why all these things are usher on Shabbos? Gzeira Shama Very interesting. The reason why you're not allowed to get married, the reason why you're not, not allowed to do Yibum, the reason why you're not allowed to do Chalitza is because all these things involve writing a star, writing a document, yeah, particularly Yibam and Chalitza, yeah, because by, by uh, either way, we know that Midrabanon, the rabbis instituted the obligation of Aksuba. You're not allowed to be with one's wife without Aksuba. So there's a concern if you get married, a person's going to come to write Aksuba. So we said no marriage, no Yibam, no Chalitza. The only documents, we stay away from it. Okay, Gavaldik. And the following things which are mitzvahs are not allowed to be done on Shabbos. You're not allowed to marry in a regular sense. You're not allowed to do erichin, donate your or dedicate your value to the Beis HaMikdash. Or make cherim on something and set something aside for Mikdash yuts. Why? This is fascinating. When I dedicate my value or I dedicate something as a transfer of ownership, it's no longer mine. It now belongs to the Mikdash. That is like a business deal. It was just transferred from my jurisdiction to the Beis HaMikdash's jurisdiction. And the Chachamim want to be very, very careful that nothing takes place that even has a look like this is some sort of business transaction. Okay? We don't want anything to do with business transactions, and therefore, um, uh, and, and therefore, it is usher to, um, it is usher to do anything that normally, uh, th- that is a, some sort of acquisition. Marriage also is an acquisition, right? There's a financial acquisition. The husband acquires the wife's rights to marriage. You're acquiring, we don't want any sort of uh, transfer of ownership being done on Shabbos. You're not allowed to lift up Trumas and Maishas. Of course not, as we explained earlier, it's Mesakein Mane, right? You're creating something new. You're not allowed to create Truma and Maishas where ultimately it's changing the tevel grain into chulin, into fit things. Where uh, the chiddush over here is to say that you're not even allowed to separate truma to give it to a kayan on that particular day. Okay? On that particular day, we don't want where, where we're going to... Maybe a person would say that there's no chashash, there's no concern. Of, of what it looks like. And this is talking about fruits that were already tevel before Yomtev. But fruits that became tevel on Yomtev itself. Okay? So it doesn't look like it's a truma separation because 
Um, no, nobody, you know, no, it, it doesn't look like anything. Nobody knows what the owner wants to do with the grain in the first place. Kagain, for example, you make you have dough, and now you want to separate challah on yomtiv. A person is permitted to separate challah and give it to a kayin on yomtiv. Beautiful. Okay. So what we're coming out with over here is that when do we say you're not allowed to separate trumas and maisris? That is when it was tevel prior to yomtiv. You're not allowed to separate it on yomtiv itself. Okay. However, when it comes to challah, even separating challah would be permitted on yomtiv automatically because it was commonly done on yomtiv, and it doesn't seem like uh, like you're being misaking anything particular on yomtiv. Period. All right. Says the Gemara like this. Very interesting. If we look back at the Mishnah on Daf Lamed Vav Amud Beis, okay. If we look back at that Mishnah, let's look inside. I wonder if we could just uh, turn back to the previous daf on Amud Beis. If we look at the Mishnah, the Mishnah said the following words: Anything kol shechayavim alav mishum shivus. What's a shivus? So we explained yesterday that a shivus really means to rest, but it's referring to a rabbinic decree concerning Shabbos or Yom Tif. It's a shivus. Yeah, it's a rabbinic prohibition, we'll call it. Um, so then, if it's a rishus, rishus means something I wasn't obligated in. So then, mishum um, rishus or mishum mitzvah b'shabes. If it's a rishus, which is a choice, or a mitzvah, which kind of I'm commanded to do, Chayavim alav biyomtif. If you're going to be chayav on Shabbos, you're also chayav on yomtif. Okay, it's an interesting expression of the Mishnah. Again, what the, what are the words of the Mishnah? The Mishnah started out by saying anything you're obligated on mishum shavus. So then, mishum reshus, mishum mitzvah b'Shabbos. By isn't of shavus by definition something that I'm rabbinically commanded in? What is the these first, I mean, when we read the Mishnah, we read it according to how Svara says to read it. We read it fine. But if you translate it literally, the Gemara is going to be very bothered. Translate it literally, how can you say, anything you're obligated on Mishum Shavos, because of a rabbinic decree, said if it's a Rishos, if you don't have to do it. What? You just called it a Shavos. So what, what are we talking about over here? That's what the Gemara wants to clarify. So let's get going. Vahani mishum reshus ika says the Gemara. Everything we just mentioned, why are you calling it a reshus? Like something, it's an option. Something I don't need to do. I'm not commanded to do. Mishum shavus leka. Are they not a mitzvah derabanan? Is this not a rabbinic decree? Vahani mishum mitzvahs ika, and whatever we put in the Mishnah in the list of mitzvahs, what does that mean? That it's a mitzvah, but mishum shavos leka, the rabbanim didn't have anything to say on the matter. Everything on the list has to do with shavos, has to do with what the chachamim say. So 
why aren't we including the word Shavos in the word mitzvah and say it's a rabbinic mitzvah? The Gemara here is just bothered with the terminology of the mission. On that answers the Gemara, Amar Rabbi Yitzchak. Rabbi Yitzchak says, Laimibai, the mission is giving us a Laimibai. Laimibai means not only this, but even a bigger Chiddush. So let's read it. Laimibai, Shavos, Great Dasad, Aser. When something is only um, a, a rabbinic decree, there is going to be Aser Avada, because then you just follow whatever the rabbis say. If they say, don't do it, don't do it. They're the ones who told me to do it in the first place. Even a, 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 even a shavus, something which I'm supposed to rest from, where I didn't have a rabbinic uh, an, an obligation, also is usher. And I don't and, and I don't need to tell you that when there was no obligation in the first place, no rabbinic obligation. That it's going to be usher on Shabbos because it looks like some sort of business transaction. There certainly it's usher. Even a shavus of a mitzvah is going to be usher. So the Gemara basically is we're at the two dots on the uh, last thin line on Lamazayin and The Gemara basically is responding that um, each stage of the Mishnah is moving up from the smaller Chiddush up to the bigger Chiddush, but agreeing that ultimately each one is going to be usher um, on Shabbos, and what the Mishnah told me is, once usher on Shabbos, usher Yom Tif as well. Okay. Now, here, we're, the Gemara is going to get into a fascinating question. We're at the two dots. I want to preface, it's such a basic question. The Mishnah said, and we just read this together, the Mishnah Mavav base. Whatever's forbidden on Shabbos is forbidden on Yom Tif. Besides for what? What did it say at the end of the Mishnah? Food prep. Eichel Nefesh. That's permitted on Yom Tif and forbidden on Shabbos. That's the only difference between Hilchah Shabbos and Hilchah Yom Tif. But, but, here's the Gemara's question. Let's read it inside. And we should all be having this question everything that's forbidden on Shabbos also also on Yom Tif. Says the Gemara, what do you mean? The only difference between Shabbos and Yom Tif is that on Yom Tif you could prep food. I'll ask you a contradiction. Go back to the very beginning of our Perek. You're a lot lower the produce, the fruits from your roof through the hole in your ceiling. On Yom Tiv, but not on Shabbos. So you see, there's other things that are permitted on Yom Tiv and also usher on Shabbos. Why do they say the only difference between Shabbos and Yom Tiv is cooking and, and uh, it's not true. Also, lowering boxes of food is permitted on Shabbos, uh, Yom Tiv and not Shabbos. Yeah, we learned previously that according to Rebbe Yezer, he says that it's going to be Aser Taka, right? The Mishnah we read is not according to all opinions. Rebbe is going to hold this Taka Aser to lower uh, the fruit. And uh, the Mishnah which says that you are allowed to is the opinion of Rabbi Yeshua. And the opinion of Rabbi Yeshua, he'll, he just won't follow our Mishnah. We're basically saying, I contradiction. The answer is no, it's two different opinions. Titania. 
because we learned that a brisa. So Isav has been Aishinah for Lebar, Gavaldik, also a brisa we had earlier in You have a mother and a baby cow that fall into a pit. So what do you do with this, with this mother and baby? They're now muktzah. It's muktzah. They fell into a pit. What's the only way that you're allowed to move them? Is if you need to eat it. Right? You want to say, oh, I want to shech this l'kavad yomtiv. Here's the problem. Can you shech the mother and the child both l'kavad yomtiv? No. Because you're not allowed to shech the mother and child the same day. Yeah? So what do you do? Rabbi Lezer says, You bring up whichever one's first. And you say, I am uh, bringing this up because I intend to eat it. And then you shecht it. Vahasheni, and the second one, whichever one you decided not to shecht, you got to bring it food. You can't just, you're not allowed to move it out because it's muktzah. So you know what you do? You bring food to the animal. Make sure it eats. You have to make sure that it doesn't die. Here's what you do. Bring up the first one, either the mother or the child. Either one, there's no difference. Bring it up with the on condition that you plan on shechting it and then don't shecht it right then and there. I said I'm going to shecht it. I'm not shechting it yet. Then you could go back and remember, we said you could you could uh, pull shtick, you could mach shtick, and you could say, "I don't like the first one anymore. I thought I was going to shech the first one. The second one to me looks like uh, you know it, it'll look better on my plate. So now I prefer to shech this the other one. And you can, and ultimately, according to Rabbi Yeshua, you could shech either one." So you see from here, it says the Gemara, when it comes, why do I want to pull out both? Why do I want to? So besides four, you could say, you know, you want to heal the animals, but also if you leave the animal there, the guy's going to, it could die. It could be damaged. You could lose money. So according to Rebbe Leazar, Rebbe says, listen, what's the last letter of the Aleph phase? Tough. That's it. Tough on you. Yeah. All right. So you'll take a financial loss. You can't pull out both animals. Rabbi Shua says, no, to protect yourself from a loss, from a financial loss, you're allowed to, you know, pull one out and then mach and be like, you know, I changed my mind. And then each one ultimately is not muktzah. Fine. Amalei Abaye, Abaye says to his beloved Rabbi, Rabbi Yisif, how can you say there's a connection um, between the, the fruits and the case of the animals that fell into a pit. Maybe Rabbi Eliezer is strict by the animals and says you can only take out one. Why? Because you can feed the other one and ultimately it won't die and you won't really suffer a real financial loss. But over here, you could, if you don't lower your, your fruits through the hole in the ceiling... You, you could take a large financial loss. Okay? Inami. Or, Maybe you could say, Rabbi Yeshua is only mekel when you could mach shtick and you could say, yeah, I changed my mind on the first animal. But by the fruits, what are you going to taina? Oh, I, 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 I'm lowering the fruits. Why? 
you know, what, what sort of shtick you're pulling? You change your mind on what? You're just lowering the fruits. So over there, maybe Rabbi Shua will be more machmir. That's a bias challenge to his Rebbe, Rabbi Yosef. How could you connect the case of lowering the fruits and the animals that fall into the pit? Just because one opinion is lenient by the animals doesn't mean that opinion will be lenient by the fruit. And just because the, and, and vice versa as well, just because an opinion is strict on the fruit being lowered doesn't mean it will be strict by the animals. Elam Papa, rather says Papa. I have another, uh, I have another answer to the contradiction. Again, what's the problem? The problem is, our Mishnah says, the only difference between Shabbos and Yom Tif is that on Yom Tif you could cook. Nefesh, and Shabbos you can't. But our Mishnah, beginning the Perak said, not our Mishnah that we're in right now, but our Mishnah earlier said you're allowed to lower fruits on Yom Tif and not Shabbos. So you see another Nafkamina. So to answer that contradiction, El Amr of Papa, rather of Papa says, like Kasha, Ha Beishamai, Ha Beishilal. That's not. There's Machlagas named Beishamai and Beishilal. It's not. We're going to the Mishnah. Beishamai and Beishamai says, "Ain Maitzia and Leisikot and Velayas Alula Velayas Sefer Torah Shesrab." Me not to carry a baby, a koton, or a lulav, or a Sefer Torah on Yom Tif. Will be sold matirim. But Beishilal says you are allowed to move things. Beishamai holds there's a chi of eruv on Yom Tif, which we ultimately do not paskin like, right? We all there's no eruv, and we, you know us right now in St. Louis know that. All too well, when close to three decades we had our Erev up for the past two weeks, it's, uh, it's been down. And uh, we knew that we're allowed to carry on Yom Tif without the Erev, but we're not allowed to carry on Shabbos. So what Repuppa wants to answer is, no, the Mishnayas are not a contradiction. They're just following, they're just following different opinions. Says the Gemara, Domolahi, maybe that's not a good answer. Maybe Beishamai is only Machmir on Haitzah on Yom Tif. But maybe he'll still say that he'll still be makel when it comes to the Hilchas Muktza. Says the Gemara, Atu Toto Lav Tzarech doesn't make sense. You can't differentiate between Muktza between and uh, carrying outside on Shabbos because you, it's impossible to carry something that's Muktza. Right? I mean, if, if, if it's Muktza, you you're not, you're not going to be allowed to carry it. So the bottom line is, the Gemara is ending off with over here, is that... We we talk, have an answer. We had a contradiction between the Mishnayas comes longer Papa and says that um, the original Mishnah that allows the lowering through the roof as a difference is Beishamai and the Mish is Beishilol. I'm sorry, and the Mishnah over here that says the only difference between Shabbos and Yom Tif is Eichel Nefesh. That's going to be following Beishamai. Ultimately, there's no contradiction. We're ending off in a Machlekas. Period. End of that Gemara. All right, we're now up to the Mishnah. Six lines from the bottom of Lamed Zion, Amar Aleph, 37a. Zok the Mishnah, and we're familiar with this Mishnah. It's going to get us into the laws of Tchum. Even though you're allowed to carry, according to Beis Hillel, on Yom Tif without an Erev, when it comes to Tchum, a person's borders, we'll call it, we are limited to walking 2,000 Amis, from the last home in the city. So if I live in a city and the city ends, I can only walk, even without carrying, I'm only allowed to go an additional 2,000 amas. And then I need to stop. Now, remember in Erevin, we learned about creating a Erev Tchumen, 
which is you create an Erev towards the edge of your 2,000 Amas to make that your new home, right? You kind of change where you're establishing yourself. Remember, right? You can make an Erev Tchumim. You could change that around. So we're going. We're, so um, we're going to. We're going to uh, get into this as far as Hilchas Yomtiv is concerned. Here we go. Zog, the mission. Habehima v'hakelim keragle habaylam. An animal and vessels can only move as far as the legs of the owner. So if I'm limited to 2,000 Amos, so is everything that I own. If I give over my animal to my son or to a shepherd, they still keep the tchum of the owner. I, I gave it to my kid to watch. Maybe my kid has a different tchum. Lives in a different, you know. Uh, I I didn't make an area of tchum. I didn't move my borders of the city, and my child did. Well, if my child's watching my animal, my animal is, or my shepherd is watching my animal. My animal's still limited to me. It can only move as far as myself. That's the opinion of the Tanakama. Kalim ham yuchadim leechor menachem b'shabes. If let's say you have kalim vessels that are set aside for one particular brother on Shabbos. Okay? So, what's going on here? We're dealing with brothers that all of them are owners over vessels. They all own it. Okay, we'll call them partners. But this vessel is intended and known to be used by one particular brother. Hare ilu kiraglov. Even though all the, the whole family has joint ownership over this. Since its usage is for one particular person, it follows the tchum of that particular person. But let's say it's not miyuchad, it's not set aside and designated for any particular family member. Okay? So then it can only go, listen to this, this is so interesting. It can only go in areas where everyone's permitted to go. So let's say, let's just talk for a moment. Let's say you have a city and there's three brothers. One brother makes an Erev Tchumim to move his borders to the east. Another brother moves his borders a thousand Amas to the north. Another one to the west. This vessel is going to be limited to a vicinity that all three could go into. It's going to be very limited. You can't, you can't, it can't go into any particular tchum that's limited to one of the three brothers. It can only be carried in the general area that all three brothers are permitted to go into. Okay? Here we go. Hashoyel keli mechaveroi. If somebody borrows a vessel from his friend... May Erev Yomtif. If you barred it before Yomtif, then Keragle Hashayim. It follows the Tchum of the borrower. You gave me usage over it before Yomtif. It follows my Tchum. The Yomtif, if I barred it on Yomtif, then you can't change the Tchum of the item. And Keragle Hamashil. I can borrow it on Yomtif, but this vessel is going to be limited to its original Tchum. 
of the owner. I can't say, oh, I borrowed it and my tchum is elsewhere. No. It's limited to the original lender's tchum. Very interesting, very common. Yeah? A woman borrows cooking ingredients or baking ingredients for her recipe. It can only be carried in an area that both the borrower and the lender are permitted to use. Buddha says water is never limited. I'm sorry, is not limited to its original location because once you use it for a recipe, it's no longer recognizable. You don't see the water. Uh, you, you don't see the the water anymore. Okay, and therefore, it water always is going to take on the tchum of whatever ingre- whatever recipe it's part of. It never retains its original tchum. Very interesting. All right. Period, end of that Gemara. We're now up to the last word on Lamed Zayin, Amad Aleph, Masnisin, our Mishnah. We now turn to Lamed Zayin, Amad Beis, the like Rabbi Daisa, does not follow the opinion of Rabbi Daisa. Now we learn to the Rabbi Daisa, Rabbi Daisa says, Vami Labashol, I'm saying say the name of Abashol. Halakech, Vami Mechaber, Rabbi Yom, the person who, who buys a animal from his friend prior to Yom Tif. Even if, I paid for it before Yom Tif, but I only took it on Yom Tif itself. It's considered whatever the tchum is of the buyer. And if you give it over to a shepherd, even if you give it over to Yom Tif, it takes on the tchum of the shepherd. So you see from here that when you give something to a shepherd, what did we say in our Mishnah? It keeps the tchum of the owner. What does this Brisa say? What does Rebdaisa say? It takes the tchum of the shepherd. So Rav Daisa is obviously not the Tana of our Mishnah, to which the Gemara responds, no, not necessarily. Afilu Tamer of Daisa, but like Kasha, Kan Echad, Kan Bishnei Rayim. Unbelievable, beautiful answer. Yeah, the difference is that in, in the case of Rav Daisa, there was one shepherd. When there's one shepherd, he takes, he takes on the tchum. The animal takes on the tchum. When there's Two shepherds. So now, which tchum? I have two shepherds. The tchum of which shepherd is my animal going to go into? I don't know. Since it's not clear whose tchum it is, it retains the tchum of the owner. Dekonami. And you can imply that our mission is dealing with two shepherds as well. Why Diktani? Because it says, You give it to his son or to a shepherd. Yeah, meaning... It wasn't yet decided who you're going to give it to. There's two options. When you have an option, it's not given over di- uh, clearly to one particular person who's going to be responsible for the animal. That's when we say the owner retains his tchum. Shmamino, you take see from here. It's a good diuk that our Mishnah, which says the o- that the animal retains his owner's tchum even when they give it over to a shepherd, is true when there's two shepherds. But in the Khanami, if there's one shepherd, maybe the Allah would be like Abdaisa, and it takes on the tchum of that shepherd. Am Rabbi Khanam Rabbiikhan, Rabbi Khan says in Rabbiikhan, Allah Rabdaisa, we've passed like Abdaisa. Miyam Rabbiikhan Hachi, does Rabbiikhan Taka say, Allah is like Abdaisa, that when there's one shepherd, the animal takes on the tchum of that shepherd? Bama Rabbiikhan Rabbiikhan says, Allah Kistan Mishnah, we always pass him like a plain Mishnah. When there's no opinion, and no discussion, no dispute in the Mishnah, we always pass him like that Mishnah, Utnan, and the Mishnah learned, the Mishnah taught us, Behema and Kalim 
take on the feet of the owner. Okay? Not the riot, not the shepherd. Says the Gemara, What's your question? We just said our mission is not dealing with that. Didn't we just establish What's bothering you? Nothing wrong with Rabbi Echelon saying. Our Mishnah is a Stam Mishnah. You're right. But even in our Mishnah, which is a Stam Mishnah, only says that the owner retains, retains the Tchum when there was one shepherd. But when there's two shepherds, he doesn't retain the Tchum. We don't understand what your problem with Rabbi Echelon saying, I, our Mishnah, doesn't seem to follow Rav Daisa. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Rav Daisa's halacha of one shepherd taking on the tchum, kabaldik. Our Mishnah will agree with. Our Mishnah, again, our Mishnah only says that the shepherd doesn't take over tchum when there's two shepherds. But when there's one, the Mishnah and Rav Daisa go in tandem. There's no problem. Period. End of that uh, particular conversation concerning giving over one's animals to one shepherd or two shepherds. Okay. Now we're going to get into a very, very interesting b'risa, okay? And the b'risa we're going to get into is um, two very interesting cases, and let's preface it outside what the, what the next sugya is going to discuss. We're going to get into what happens, first of all, when you have partners over and they both want to use the same item, Okay, two partners that want to use the same item. Which tchum? We'll get into that. We touched on that in our Mishnah. And what we're also going to discuss is what happens if you have two people in different tchumen that overlap part of the distance. Understand? I'm in my tchum. I'm limited to 2,000 amas. You're in your tchum. The edge of your city, let's say, and the edge of my city. If I walk my 2,000 amas and you walk your 2,000 amas, we're going to overlap a little bit. Can we exchange things? How does it work? All right? Very interesting. So let's get into this. Tanu Rabbanon, the rabbis learned, and so should we. Shnaim Sholucholok Achaz Bishotas. Two people borrow. We'll call it a sweater. They both want to use it. One guy is borrowing the sweater because he wants to wear it to shul in the morning. The other guy borrows the sweater because he wants to go to a party in somebody's house on Yom Tif at night. Now, one guy has his tchum heading out north. Okay? And this guy's got his tchum heading out towards the south. So what do we do with the sweater? The one who needs to go north to the Shoal Bishmajr. He could only go as far north as the south guy is permitted to go north. Right? The southern guy cannot go as far north as the northern guy. The northern guy's 2,000 amas are already going to start closer to his 2,000 amas. The other guy's plans on heading south. 
See, the, the, the sweater to the north, can you can only wear that sweater as far as the southern guy would be permitted to go. You can't wear it all the way to the edge of your tchum. Same thing. And the one who wants to go south to the party at night, can only go as far south wearing the sweater. So what are you going to do? You can wear it for the first little bit, and then you got to take off your sweater and put it down and then keep, and then keep going. You can't stay warm the whole time. You can stay warm for the first couple minutes of your trip. But after that, you got to take it off, put it down. Can't leave. Well, you can't really leave your tchum. Uh, actually, you could. You can keep going to the south, right? Because your tchum is continuing. But your sweater can't come all the way with you. It's kind of like Gashmias. Yeah? It stops at the grave. It can't come to Elam It's not coming all the way to the party, right? It stops over here because it's limited by the one to the north's. Uh, so each one is limiting it for for the uh, for its destination. The im mitzu However, if both of them start in the center with the same tchum, then it can't even move from its place. If if the guy to the north, his two thousand amis is starting by the tip of my finger right here. And the guy to the south starts on the tip of his finger here, then the sweater can't move from the tip of my finger. It's not going to be allowed to move at all. Itmar, we learned, there's two people bought a barrel of wine and an animal. So we buy wine and animal. Gavaldik, yeah. We're going to have a delicious suda. Delicious wine and delicious meat. Rava, but two people bought it. Rav Amar Rav says, Chavis Muteris. Okay. You're allowed to carry the barrel of wine. Ubehema asura. You're not allowed to bring the. Uh, you're not allowed to schlep the animal. Now, this should bother us. Why? Why don't we say the animal could be moved within each one's tchum? So we'll explain in a moment. You can't even carry the barrel. Says the Gemara. What's going on? Rav. First of all, let's. What's Rav's opinion? Rob says you could schlep the barrel of wine. Okay, what happened? Two people bought a barrel of wine and an animal. Okay? They both bought it. So they both own it. Rob says on Yumtif, you're allowed to carry the barrel within the tchum. You can't carry the animal outside to one particular tchum area. But Shmuel says you can't even carry the wine at all. So first of all, Michael Savar Rav, Iko Savar Yesh Beira, if Rav holds Yesh Beira, and we could say, your Tchum and your Tchum, and Mama separate them and be lenient over here. I feel the behemoth history. Why are we only permitting the wine? You should even permit the animal. Iko Savar and if you hold, you can't separate the Tchums, which is which was the approach of the previous Brisa, right? You don't say Beira. Then, I feel the You should not be allowed to carry the wine outside of the general area. Should be usher. Says Rab holds Yesh you can separate the shiny behemoth, but it's still usher to slap the animal. Okay? Because um here's the Kiddush of an animal. The Kiddush of the animal is that you can say Brera on the wine which is stagnant. He holds up Brera. You could say Brera on wine, which is stagnant. 
You cannot say Brera on the animal which is not stagnant, which is still alive. Okay? Because you can't separate body parts, body functions. You can't do that. What are you going to ultimately say? Hetzachayim. Listen here. Listen here. Ready? Here's, here's the lumdus over here. Me and you buy wine. That wine is mine and yours. Can you point to any particular drip of wine and say, it's half yours, half mine? No. Liquid is all tzizamen. It's all together. So I'm limited to my tchum. The, the wine is going to be limited to both of our tchum because this wine certainly belongs to both of us. But an animal, it starts out one entity. But then I shecht it. Once I shecht it, what happens? I get the shoulder, you get the, you get the, the four quarters. I get the stomach, you get the tongue. You can divide and separate the animal. So therefore, you can separate the tchumen. By the wine, you can't separate tchumen. You can't point to the wine and say, this is you, this is the, this is, it's all one thing. Once the animal is shechted, you can start separating it. Okay? So the Gemara says, really, we hold of yesh breira. But an animal is different because um, you can, the, 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 the two tchumen, for, for each one, ultimately, initially, the, the animal completely needed each other. You, there's no animal without the... You can't say you had the shoulders, I have the four quarters. Right? And initially, it was all together. And therefore, we have to be more machmir on this animal. Amri le Rav Kahana, Rav Asi, Rav Isser, and Rav Asi say to Rav, one second. They say when it comes to mukta, the Rabbanon are not concerned about separating the various parts of the animal. Are they more makbid on tchum than they are as far as mukta? What Rav Kana and Ravasi are saying is like this. When you initially bought the animal, why would two people buy an animal? Do they both want everything? No. Then you wouldn't go into, if you wanted the entire animal, you wouldn't go into a partnership. Right? Biggest sight in life. Don't become a partner in something that you want complete ownership of. Right? If you're not planning on sharing the responsibilities and you're not planning on, on, uh, on, on delegating the responsibility and you plan on doing everything, why are you asking for a partner? Why are you asking for other people's involvement? Okay? So, from the moment they became partners in the animal, it shows us that... I want this, you want that. And what's mukta for me is not mukta for you. Because it's, if it's not mine, it's mukta. But if it's yours, it's not mukta for you. Um, but, by the, uh, but by the animal, you can't separate the various, uh, the, you can't separate the various body parts. Okay? So the Gemara is saying, why would we be more concerned about tchum then we are about muksa and shasik rav. On this, rav was quiet, and there's a conversation here whether he was quiet because he agreed or because he continued to disagree, but ultimately he didn't want to give a response. 
Says the Gemara, okay, fine. We don't know. We're a little confused as to how to handle this. My have Allah. What is the bottom line psak? What do we do? All right, what do we do? Bottom line psak. When you have partners in an animal that's shechted, when you have food, me and you make food, who's tchum? Is it going to go to my tchum, your tchum, only the common area? What's the bottom line? My Abulah, just give me, you've, you've expressed that it depends on the animal, the wine, the dish. My Abulah, without the confusion, what do I do? Says the Gemara, <laughs> you wish it would be so simple. I'll tell you, Rabbi Yeshua, I'm Yesh Breira, Rabbi Yeshua, Yeah, Rabbi Yeshua says, Yesh Breira, you could separate it, and therefore, if there's Yesh Breira, I take whatever ultimately I plan on eating to my tchum. It's not limited to the common area. I could take it completely to my tchum. Yesh prayer, we're going to separate this. And you could take what you plan on eating to your tchum completely. It's not limited to the common area. Rabbi Echon disagrees. Rabbi says, no, ain't prayer. You can't say that, and therefore it's limited to the common area. But some Rabbi Echon says, does Rabbi hold? Yesh prayer, about we learned in the Mishnah. If you have a dead body in the house. And there's many openings, kulam tamayim, all of the under openings are going to be tame, right? Underneath each doorway is going to be tame. The, the tumma spreads under each doorway. But if one of the doorways is open, again, the, the body's already there. Then, who tame v'kulam tarim? Only the body um, that is, uh, the doorway that the body is going to go through becomes tame, but the other doorways are going to remain shut underneath the thickness of the door, Remain tar. If a person originally thought he's going to stop it out through one, or to bring the body out of a four by four window, which is the measurement, four by four door, which is the measurement to get a body out, then matzales alabsachim It saves any tumma from being underneath any of the other doors. Beishami and Beishami says, This is only true if you already had an intent which doorway to schlep it out before the guy died. Um, however, if the guy already passed away, you can't open up a door and say, oh, now only this door underneath that's going to be tummy, the other doors are going to be tar, because you're obviously not carrying underneath there. No, Bishami says, you don't go back retroactively. No, you could decide even once the guy passed away. Vitmar Allah, and we said about that Mishnah, Amr of Haishia, here's why we're bringing down that Machlekes. Because Rabbi Haishia says, Litaras Absochim Mikanu Lahaba. That Beis Hillel says you could even be metire something mikanu lahaba, which means mikanu lahaba in lemafreya loy. Ravashia holds you cannot be metahir something and show something later on how it works retroactively. But over here, here's the question: According to what we just said, Beis uh, Ravashia holds yesh breira. You could afterwards divide it and say retroactively, I had the shoulder, you had the four legs. And therefore, the shoulder follows me completely into my tchum, and the four legs follow you. Does Ravashia hold of of uh, Yesh Breira or not? The Gemara says, you're right. You're right. This would turn us into a contradiction in Ravashia, except we confused Ravashia's opinion. We misquoted Ravashia. R- really? Epoch. Really, Ravashia is the one who's machmir, and Ravashia says, Ein Breira that there is no Breira, okay? And therefore, 
the parts the animal are lit or the food is going to be limited to the common area. And it's Rabbi Echenon who's Meikul. He's the one who says, Yesh Breira, you can divide, and I could take what's mine, ulti- what ends up being mine completely into my tchum, and you could take what's ultimately yours completely into your tchum. Because Rabbi Shia, again, has to be the one who says, Ain Breira. So if Rabbi Shia is the one who says, Ain Breira, Rabbi Echenon is now going to be the one who says, Yesh Breira. And now we're going to challenge that. How can you tell me that Rabbi Yechanan holds Yesh Breira? Me, Amar Rabbi Yechanan, me, is there Rabbi Yechanan Breira? Does Rabbi Yechanan agree with Breira? Amar Abbasi, Amar Rabbi Yechanan, Achim Shachokul, Kuvay, say, brothers who split their the estate of their parents, the Kuvay, say, it's the same as 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 somebody who's buying it, right? When I buy something from the from the seller, so it transfers from the from the seller to the consumer, seller to the buyer. So too by two brothers, it's a split. Okay, it's like before it was mine, now it's yours. And when it comes to Yaival, anything that ultimately um, was originally the sellers, they're going to have to redivide it. So you see that Rabbi Echenon holds ain Breira. Because if there would be Breira, why would we say that the brothers are considered consumers? They're considered purchasers. We should just say... That that's mine, that's yours. Bye. See you later. By Yaivel, nothing should go back. Who's it going back to? The original owner? I'm the original owner. Yes, Breira showed me that. Breira said I'm the original owner. Says Gemara Bechidi, you're never going to say, that Rabbi Yechidim just doesn't agree with Breira, by biblical halachas. I'll be Drabon Isle, but when it comes to me, Drabonon, like Hilchas Tchum, he holds a Breira. Is that true? But Ayoy. The name of a Tana taught us in a Bryce review namer. Review says Ain Odom Masna Dvarim Keachad. A person well, we had this Brysa in Ervin, a beautiful story. Yeah, a, a beautiful situation, we'll call it. A person is not allowed to make two contradictory conditions at once, meaning Okay? Rather, a person has to say like this I plan on going to my Rebbe Shear to the east. So then you got to put your ear to the east. Lemarav, and if the Talmud Chacham comes from the west, then my ear is to the west. The ilu lakan lakan light. But you could say either one. You can't say, you can't put out two tchumen and say, um, I don't know if I want to go east or west. So I'll decide later. No, it doesn't work like that. This is the opinion of. Reb Yehuda. Reb Yehuda says, you cannot say retroactively, meaning using the rule of Yesh Breira, that later on I'll decide which Eruv to use. And we explain this to say, why can't you put out two tchums? One to the east, one to the west. And later on decide which way you want to go. Why not? The Eim Breira. Because there's no Breira. You can't later on decide you know where your tchum is. You can't, you can't distinguish later. It has to be distinguished now. But then by Mizrachemariv also we should say said about this We're dealing with when the Talmud Chacham already already came to give his shear, and therefore you don't need Breira. Alma says the Gemara ultimately. 
we're forced into saying, here's the main point. We're forced into saying Rabbi Yechanan holds a Breira, but Alma Lesle, Rabbi Yechanan Breira, must be Rabbi Yechanan does not hold a Breira, and we're stuck because, again, we thought, <laughs> we're running in circles here. We thought that Rabbi Yechanan did not hold a Breira, and Rabbi Yeshia held a Breira. Then we said, Rabbi Yeshia can't hold a Breira. He holds no Breira. So Rabbi Yeshua is the one who's saying no Breira. Rabbi Yechanan is the one who says Yesh Breira. But we just said Rabbi Yechanan can't be the one who holds Yesh Breira. Ayve, what are we going to do? Says the Gemara, last couple steps. We're going back to what we said originally. Rabbi Yeshua holds Breira. Rabbi Yechanan holds Ein Breira. Okay? And Rabbi Yeshua, the way we're going to have to understand his contradiction is we'll, that he'll say that when it comes to Dairaisa, there's no Breira, but Badrabanan he'll agree to Rabbi Yechanan Yesh Breira, Darosh Marzot Shalach Rabbi that ultimately the Halacha follows like Rabbi Yishia, that what? We say Breira, Yesh Breira, by Dine Dairabanan, like Trum, but Ein Breira, by Dine Dairaisa, okay? There's no Breira when it comes to Biblical Halachas. And should we? Yeah, let's get to the two dots. Let's just uh, read the last two lines. We got the two dots. So we'll have a brand new Gemara for tomorrow. Omar Shmuel. Shmuel says, Shor shall patum. If you have a ox of a fat one, a fat one is the one who makes sure that they were hired. People would give these people uh, their ox to get more meat on them, to fatten them up. Harehu karagle kol odom. Okay, so whose tchum is it? Is it the tchum of the one who was given to to fatten the animal or not? So it says it takes on the, the tchum of whoever ultimately plans on owning it and using it. But when it comes to the animal of a shepherd, an ox of a shepherd, then the, it's going to follow the tchum of the people of that city. Okay, now this is an interesting case. This is a scenario Rashi explains where there was no particular owner. Rather, there was a shepherd designated for this city. And this shepherd sometimes had his own animals and sometimes had animals that he planned on selling to the people in the city. Okay? So, and sometimes the people in the city on Yom Tif would come to get the animal. But they didn't buy it before Yom Tif. So in, in, if that's the case, the animals of this shepherd will be limited to the tchum of the, of the general people of the, of the town. Because we don't know particularly whose it is yet. So, since you don't know particularly who's it, so whoever the, since the raya, the shepherd's only here for that town, it'll take on the, the general tchum of the town, and it doesn't take on the tchum of any particular person. Okay, we'll hold it here for, uh, we'll hold it here for today, Bezrem, tomorrow, we were at 12.15, we're back to the 12.15 Arab Shabbos time slot, we will pick up from the two dots on Daf Lamir Ches. Have a wonderful, wonderful Arab Shabbos.